0: Today is October 19th, 2019. We're joined by Natalie Spears and Lizzie Plotkin. Good afternoon, ladies. Hi, how are you? Thanks for making the long trip and uh, jumping in the Dodge truck and making <laughs> it to Mountain View. Our wit. Our pleasure. <laughs> um, I was just Listening to the sound check, I got some other questions I wanted to ask, but just uh, some observations. Uh, you guys have like a really soft comfortable vocal style that's very pleasing to the ear so thank you Thanks. well done um and your range for both of you guys is kind of sneaky good <laughs> without <laughs> without being like vocal acrobatic does that make sense yeah i yeah. could hear lizzie like i could hear you've got a low you can get down in the dirt when you need to with your voice but you can still get up when you need to
1: Yeah, you gotta get up to get down. Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) That's a beer in Memphis, too. Nice. Yeah, you could, if you're there, that's. uh... One, two, three, four. (laughs) Um, Tell me a little bit about um, sort of how you discovered your voice when you knew you could sing.
1: Um, Well, there's one funny story that starts when I'm in seventh grade and I was in a rendition of Pirates of Penzance. And they gave me a part that particularly had a low range. And it was this older woman, like the old woman singing about how she <laughs> was in love with a younger woman. Anyways, it was just a funny thing for a seventh grader to really embody. And um, and I, I just really enjoyed it and sang on stage. And I'd always been playing fiddle on stage and singing a lot. Um, I grew up in Jewish and so I sang a lot in synagogue and you know, kind of had these tones in my voice that I wasn't really sure where they fit. And then I did that, and then I really didn't start singing and really enjoying singing again until uh, maybe when I was like 19 or 21, something around then, when I started writing songs and just came out again I was like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, singing in harmony with people in Colorado kind of helped me find that joy again. Um, so, yeah. yeah.
0: And what about you, Natalie? How did you discover your voice?
1: Um, It's been more
2: recently in my life. I grew up. You know, c- singing as a kid for fun, and my dad was a jazz pianist, and there was always, like, Ella Fitzgerald and jazz playing in the house, so that was kind of in my ears. I was going
0: to say, you are absorbing that subconscious.
2: Yeah, right. I feel like both my dad and Lizzie's dad was also a, a... He was a jazz fiddle player, well, played a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, so I grew up listening to that, and I really was kind of afraid of my voice, honestly, until, like, I quit music in high school and or er, and started playing again in 2012 um and started like forcing myself to go to open mics and sing and kind of push that edge that i had been experiencing for a long time but i knew i wanted to push so it's really been more recently and then i started venturing into songwriting and yeah it's been really fun to sing with lizzie and work on our harmony singing and
0: um yeah you guys sound great together thank Thank you. you I really really do it's impressive thanks um so let's see, uh, you guys both live in Colorado now, mm-hmm. uh, but you're not from there as a lot a lot of folks from Colorado. Yeah. Most people yes. seem to move there. So let's start with you, Lizzie. What's, where was home base for you prior to that?
1: Um, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. So I was born and raised in Nashville um, till I was 18, and then I went to school in Michigan in Ann Arbor and enjoyed that, um, but then found Colorado um, after college. And That's a, not
0: an uncommon story.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I just followed the flow. and um, But love calling Tennessee home and, you know, really understanding how lucky I am to have grown up in Nashville. And just without really having to try very hard, absorbed a lot of music. And uh, was exposed to, you know, some of the best musicians just as a child. Like, we went to... See Itzhak Perlman like as a group in my school, you know, and just got to play with the Nashville Symphony, and you know, grew up with Mark O'Connor's son, and you know, just like things like that, where you just, it's just I just feel very lucky to have um, been in Nashville as a kid.
0: I cannot detect one iota of a Southern accent.
1: <laughs> well, my family is not from Nashville. Okay. you know, my we're you know. Jewish immigrants that were in the Midwest and Pittsburgh and then found their way to Nashville kind of because of my dad, because of music. Um, he was from Pittsburgh and he was a musician, a professional musician, and then my mom um, from Detroit. So, you know, I didn't grow up around the, my immediate family, is not Southern.
0: <laughs> See, now I grew up in Cincinnati, but people's, if I go out of the South, people think I have a Southern accent. Because it's weaseled its way. And I'll work a y'all in or, you know, (laughs) change the all. When I'm around
1: it, it comes out more like that. Um, But definitely, I think, um, just grew up around, you know, people that really valued education and just, like, kind of spoke in a certain way. And so that's just how I learned to speak and talk. And then, and, um, but... I love the South and, and love calling it home and um, have had fun singing country-esque music to let my voice just be as comfortable as possible. And sometimes I'll have more of a drawl than <laughs> others.
0: And what about you? Where was uh, home for you prior to Colorado?
1: I grew up in the heart of Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So we can get into those political (laughs) discussions. Oh,
2: boy. People (laughs) don't pick up my phone number because it's from D.C. Well, they see the 202 They see the 202, and they're like, "Uh uh-uh. It's a pollster or something. (laughs) It's just... But it's, it, I don't know, it's part of my life, so.
0: But you had music in your family, too?
2: Yeah, my dad, like I said, was a jazz pianist. And Tell me
0: about that. What was, I mean, was he a working musician, a hobbyist? He
2: was a hobbyist. He was a forester. Um, that was his career. But his mother, he was from England. His mom was a music teacher, and my dad grew up in England. So um, he had an
0: accent? So he British had an accent, accent. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't have any of that either.
2: No, it just it comes out every once in a while. I've got really? these sort of like alter egos that like, oh, that's real fun. <laughs> <laughs> we both kind of you so have you alter have, ego. You, ha-
0: you can do it when you want to.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'll do it now. Okay, we'll fair see. enough. I won't put you. On,
0: <laughs> I won't put you on the spot. Um, what do you think about Brexit?
2: Oh God, it's <laughs> not go kidding. There.
0: <laughs> I always thought you, you could. You really answer.
2: should be a news. <laughs> no, I was just gonna. Huh? You could
0: answer that in your British accent. Boris Johnson. <laughs> Poppycock. Poppycock. Anyway, so you were your dad.
2: Yeah. So he was a jazz pianist and um, an incredibly creative human being, and. I forgot your question. <laughs> well,
0: you just you had music in your family. Yeah,
2: I just had music in my life, and he was always so supportive. He had me playing piano when I was five. So did you
0: have like a grand piano in the house? We do have a grand wow.
2: piano in the house, and that has been such a gift to play on. Um, I got to grow up listening to that. and
0: now, How does that not work its way into what you're doing? You I mean, know, it's
2: I... funny. Like, I... It so... does,
1: actually. We just can't travel I'm... with a grand
0: piano. The... Well, we do have an upright. <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: Well, we might work it in tonight because yeah. Natalie is an amazing piano player. So we like we're gonna record in December and and make sure there's some piano on we that. Can,
0: <laughs> we can drag it on out there and plug it in. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so okay. Well, that's more interesting. instruments.
2: You guys can't really see that we right now have a bass on the stage and a guitar and a fiddle and a banjo, and just Lizzie and I play all those things. So, so I
0: imagine though you probably write a lot on a piano. You know,
2: it's funny, I have been kind of exploring writing on different instruments. And the stuff that comes out on piano is always like, a lot more uh, moody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like I can express myself in different ways on each of these different instruments. Banjo feels pretty light. um, And bass is kind of like my funky, playful instrument and piano tends to be my more like, moody stuff. So I'm just in my own experience as a songwriter right now, just kind of looking at all these different pieces and seeing how they weave together and how I can sort of sew those, uh, what are they, like little
1: worlds together a little bit more.
0: So the last one of the songs you were doing there in the check, I'm sorry if I got the title wrong, Something about, I'll see you when I die. What oh, was that's, a oh
1: that's a Bill Monroe
2: song. Oh, that's a Bill Monroe. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> yes, that was, a, yeah. that was not an original.
1: That was Peter yeah. Rowan. And Bill and Walls of Time. A bluegrass tune that we definitely play in our own way. So we probably... <laughs> wow,
0: it was so cool. So well, I was just going to ask you about the banjo riff. Yeah. I mean, that has nothing to do with the original song um, or no? It
2: plays off of it. It definitely plays off of the melody, but the original song is much more major. Um And I just interpreted it... That's a interpreted it really in cool a riff. Way. Yeah, it was, it was fun to explore in the banjo. So it's fun. It's... You know, I started playing banjo maybe four or five years ago, and I don't think about notes or theory at all, whereas on the piano, it's like I think about my notes and my scales, and banjo is all feel.
0: Go by the flow.
2: Yeah, and the rhythm and the groove.
0: So I wanted to ask you guys about Colorado, too. I imagine... Since you live out there, there's a lot to do aside from music. Mm -hmm. So what sort of takes up your time outside of music out there? Um, Start. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, Natalie and I both share a love for just wandering in the woods. So whenever I have free time, um, if I'm feeling more ambitious, I run. uh, I've been a trail runner off and on since I was a little girl. So that's really one of my passions, just getting lost in the woods on a trail. Um, and then, uh, in, it snows like nine months out of the year where I live, um, in Gunnison. So I spend a lot of time cross country skiing.
0: I was going to say skis yeah. got to work their way. In their and zone. I
1: was, I'm a snowboarder. So when I have the money, I go snowboard <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's definitely a huge pleasure, um, to be able to fly down a mountain on a snowboard. Um, And I'm very grateful for it when I get to do that. So, um, yeah, but skiing is is – cross-country skiing has been a huge part of my life for the last nine years. Great way to um, stay in shape. I have a big old German Shepherd, Great Pyrenees Mix, who likes to do that with me. So he's a big motivator, too, to get out. And um, we live at the edge of the wilderness, so there's, like, endless exploration. Is
0: it a cabin, house –
1: I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm almost, I'm like a week away from closing on a, oh, on a cabin, you. out there. Um, it's a house, but yeah, it, like a, yeah, like a cabin, like a little cabin in the woods. I'm so psyched. So, kind of putting down some roots in Colorado officially. Good and, for you. Um, That's a good feeling. Yeah, it feels very exciting and good. <laughs> and
0: then, what's uh, your free time consist of?
1: Oh gosh. Lots of similar
2: things. Um, that's kind of part of what drew me out to this town. Um, outdoor stuff, obviously. Outdoor, yeah. Actually, originally it was straw bale building, but oh, then really? it became, yeah, I was doing a lot of like natural building, which is why I moved to this town. Huh. I don't do that anymore. Um, but lots of, you know, biking, and I got a dog a month ago. <laughs> and so lots of taking the dog to the river and reading. And um, yeah, I teach skiing and snowboarding part time in the winter too. So that helps the musician's life
1: picture.
0: I was gonna say, is it expensive to live out there? It, it is seems like it would be expensive. Yeah, it's, it's it's
1: a been, hard place to make it work. It's been definitely like hanging on until well, right now we just we we got lucky. So that's yeah, it's a big it's it's definitely uh part of the story right now in Colorado yeah. is um I mean, artists, the word- you know, kind of getting pushed out in some ways. But Our our governor did a nice thing and put put in some creative districts all around the state, Um, and so, you know, just recognizing that art is really important to the economy for
2: tourists. Yeah, creative tourism in a way. Like we have a lot of recreational tourism.
0: There's the green tourism.
2: Yes, there's the green tourism. (laughs) That is a thing. Everyone's like, you're from Colorado? Oh, it's a thing. Yeah, but gonna, it's great. The money, the taxes from marijuana sales out there go towards education, yeah. which is like really beneficial. So, hey, okay.
0: kudos to Colorado. Yeah, yeah, good for you guys. Yeah, I was gonna say. I imagine uh, you said you, there might have been a time there where it was looking kind of shaky, you know, yeah, financially I mean, and otherwise. Since
1: I moved there, it's been a you know just it's a struggle to call this your living and um, you know survive enough to not have to. Work three or four jobs just to make it work, Um, but I've been really grateful for a really tight, small community um, where I live. That just feels it feels good, even when it's tight. It's like I have so many things to be grateful for and so many good people in my life. That that's what's kept me where I am in Colorado. So and now it's great. So we're, but it's still still a struggle. (laughs) I'm not gonna name it. Not a struggle. Okay, fair Um, enough. It's just uh, yeah. It, it'll,
0: yeah, and there it, is, it always
1: will be in some way, but mm-hmm. you have to love this to do it. And yeah. and if, if we didn't do it, we'd be, I don't know what we'd be doing. Not, I don't know what I would do if I didn't I'd do it. I'd be an music. acoustic ecologist. She'd be an acoustic ecologist. <laughs> so that's that's a I different do. interview, maybe
2: for another <laughs> yeah, time. Right. I don't think I'd make much money doing that either.
0: But. Yeah, I've, I've spent some time in Colorado, like mostly out there playing and, and touring, mm-hmm. you know, playing jobs out there or whatever. But it always seemed to be there was a big gap from the sort of working class to Mm -hmm. the folks who owned the big pieces of property and the ski lodges mm-hmm. there yeah. wasn't a really strong middle class out there in a lot no. of is that right especially it's in the still mountains Still very true. I yeah. mean
2: it's relative how you define middle class because when you if you look at the spectrum of wealth in the valley at least I live in it's insane so middle class there is like probably compared to the wealthy like lower class but I think relatively compared to the rest of the country when we're talking you know that well that spectrum is different in different parts of Colorado and
1: um but I I mean I teach music too mm -hmm. as um a big part of making my living and so um I'm really grateful that there is a middle somewhat of a middle class so that I can always afford to live there and teach kids and people that can afford music lessons and things like that um, to, you know, so it, there is enough there, but it, it definitely, ha- there is a gap. There's yeah. definitely a gap. It's a thing.
0: So, All right. I'm going to change subjects <laughs> quickly going from economic differences and <laughs> the Western slope. Um, you guys, uh, I think, did I read somewhere you told me, that you met at a music festival or a camp or something. Did I read that?
1: Yeah, well, we that, that had
2: sort both of... gone to Victor Wooten's um, music camp. Uh, okay. He wrote yeah. this book called The Music Lesson, and I think we'd both read it. We didn't know each other at the time, and we had both gone to that camp at separate times. And then um, he was, Victor was playing in Colorado, and so I went to go see him, and Lizzie was there, and someone had, you know, suggested that we play and lizzie had a band at the time and
1: yeah i had i just started a band called free the honey and it was a lady trio and um, we didn't have a bass player and so someone was like you got to talk to natalie and so we we both had our instruments somehow we you know yeah and um we jammed in the auditorium after victor played and and connected and really felt like there was a kindred spirit between us and um
0: did you start singing harmony right away
1: no,
2: they kind of had their, like, lady trio, three-part harmony stuff down, and so I was, and I hadn't really been singing at that point yet, and so they were, that was kind of the core of it, and I played with them for a year, and then I I wanted to go finish my degree, so I did that, and Free the Honey continued, and then thing, people went in different directions, and then Lizzie and I started playing, I think, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I was just when we were talking about black pot earlier and, you know, (laughs) that's that's a great sort of breeding ground Mm -hmm. for all this music, those kind of festivals and and camps.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that um, one thing that Natalie and I kind of always come back to is some of the principles that Victor Wooten like helped us find um, and the reasons we make music and our connection to the natural world. And um, so that's also something that we share and so other than just like a music festival we have that too and then we love going to music festivals together and love that culture and and all that it breeds in the music world too indeed indeed
0: all right so last question i'll ask uh this to each of you so tell me a song in the set you guys are doing these days when you see it on the set list you're like cool i'm ready to do this one Um, What's one of your favorites these days?
1: um, We play an old-time tune uh, called You Piney Mountain, and that's probably my favorite thing. It's not an original. You know, it's a traditional tune, and um, it's just a really old West Virginian fiddle tune that I can just really dig into and have so much fun playing as a duet with Natalie. So that's probably my choice.
0: And yours?
2: Um, we've been working on a song I wrote called Blind Love Blues, and there's new stuff coming out in that. We're just, we've been working on it because we're recording at some point this winter, and so we've been digging more into that, and it just is fun and comical and light, and I like exploring that with Lizzie, so right now I'm excited about that song.
0: Well, I have to say, it's been fun chatting with you guys. Nice meeting you. Really impressed with what the two of you are doing together, your voices, are spectacular uh, and looking forward to hearing what you guys do down the road. So continued success. Thank Thank you. you.